What's up, everyone? I uh, hope you heard my Windows notification. We're here. We're live. That's what that's telling us. Welcome back to another Timmins podcast. I'm your host, Tim, and this is my podcast, best podcast in Indiana until I hear otherwise. I'm speaking into existence. Uh, the most famous podcast in Goshen. Uh, you heard that here first. Things are popping off and everyone is listening. If you're not listening, tell your friend, tell your mom, uh, tell your brother uh, to listen. I got a sponsor, probably. And if you want to sponsor this podcast, hit me up. There's sponsorship spots available. Um, I think if I do have a sponsor, it'll be at the start of this podcast. You may have already heard from him. If not, it'll be at the end of this podcast. So stay tuned to hear about my sponsor. Or if you heard about it, go and buy whatever I'm selling. <laughs> All right. I got a great podcast here today. Uh, podcast guest. Long time homie, good time buddy. I was the best man in his wedding. Woo woo. Eric Scott, I'm welcome. Still married, bro. so <laughs> for now. Right? No. <laughs> always. Always. Forever. Yeah. Tell that to this part. Yeah. Welcome, dude. Thank you. Thanks for coming to Goshen. Um it's been good. You saw the podcast I did with Jose and you're like, dude, I gotta come on the podcast. Did. It was Let's, a good podcast. Yeah. It's my first Tim and podcast experience. I've got hundreds of episodes, so go go back and enjoy yourself if you're ever bored. Um, there's some good ones out there. There's some really bad ones out there, too. So <laughs> I can tell you both. And so whatever you want to listen to, you let me know. Sounds good. Dude, so uh, yeah, first just tell everyone who you are, where you're from, what, what's what's Eric? Yeah. Who's Eric? I'm Eric. Um, Eric Scott. <laughs> right now I live in West Lafayette because mm-hmm. I love it. Up here visiting beautiful Goshen, which is always a pleasure. Yeah. It's a different place with a lot of unique people. Um, but yeah, I just spent the last five years in the Air Force, most of it living in New Jersey. Yeah. Which I'm happy not to be in anymore. <laughs> beautiful place, but Indiana's better. Yeah. This is the promised land. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That is so wild. Yeah. So Jersey for four years, then we moved back to Lafayette. So mm. I switched from Air Force to the Air National Guard. And then started a nonprofit where we focus on helping missionaries, helping ministries go out there and do their thing. Wow. Get their money raised, get some social media together. Some structure maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, but a learning process as we ourselves are doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's, yeah, it's cool. We've been chatting about that all afternoon about the stuff you're doing. And I think even, I mean, we talked about when you're first kind of pulling this together um, a couple of years ago. You know, I remember talking to you while you're in Jersey and you're thinking about helping out here and there and you just have a, a connection with a lot of different mi- missionaries and ministries and stuff. And so, yeah, it's fun stuff. I love it. You get to meet a lot of unique people Yeah, doing really cool things in the world. So, and they need help. Yeah. They're, they're out there doing the Lord's work, right? But they don't know how to do the world's work, which is social media and blog posts and connecting with their donors and it's like yeah yeah so help them navigate that so they can focus on on their thing yeah so that's cool yeah we were talking today about how we met um was it rugby is that what we yeah pretty sure rugby john sprawl thank you yeah first he convinced me to go to grace college did he really yeah you know him prior to that uh yeah through crescent project okay um so he invited me up to beautiful Winona Lake mm. to come hang out. And I was like, this place is great. I should finish going to school because I quit the first time. <laughs> so maybe I could finish here. So convinced me to go to Grace and then showed me like this, this compilation of rugby's worst 
hits, legal hits, <laughs> and they said, hey, you should play rugby. And I was like, uh, okay, maybe I'll try it. Yeah. So. And you started. Yep. And you got, that's how you got kind of connected with a lot of people. Was that kind of your intro point or entry point into your group of people at Grace, or did it just kind of grow naturally? Yeah, that was probably the biggest connection. So I, I was telling you earlier, I started up there. I didn't even have anywhere to live, so I just lived in John's basement Yeah. for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then until I found somewhere to live. Was he married at that point? He was not. Okay. Yeah, I forget he's married. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I know you're kind of couch surfing for a bit, too, and... Yeah, just living the dream, yeah. you know. College living dropout in the woods. back in college. Yeah. Occasionally sleep in the woods. <laughs> I remember you sleeping in a in a sleeping bag in the middle of the winter just cuz you could. Yeah, I like sleeping in different places. Yeah. <laughs> Got to switch it up, dude. Everyone yeah. sleeps in the same spot all their life. It's It's boring. Yeah. It's preferable when you wake up and you don't know where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> you did a lot of that in college, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Occasionally. Occasionally. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, so did you graduate from? I did. I finally graduated. Yeah. Uh, Was it 2014? 2015? Yeah, 2014. Okay, so we graduated together. Yeah, I just saw a picture of that recently. I was digging through some old pictures. Yeah. And we took a picture. We're both in our little cap and gown. Just hanging out. Yep. That was good. We made it. Yeah, we met, because you, did you only do two years at Grace? Yeah. I did first three years at Biola University out in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, Had too much fun outside of school. So after three years, decided to tap out <laughs> and go work. Did some uh, sales, manufacturing, got into some nonprofit work. Yeah. Eventually realized school's really nice. I should go back. <laughs> I got to learn some stuff. Yep. What'd you graduate with? A BS in psychology. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good stuff. I, was, I tried intercultural studies, but I had a ton of electives because I already transferred in. And I started taking psychology classes. Uh, I don't remember the professor's name, but mm. awesome stuff. Really interesting. Kept me engaged enough to actually finish my degree. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No, I, I, um, yeah, I, I thought I thought that's what you... The Grace had, had a really good uh, psychology program. I uh, love it. Awesome department. Uh, great professors. Mm-hmm. Really taking, tackling psychology and what it's become in the secular world. And how does that interact with your faith and how do you filter that through a biblical perspective? Hmm. I think they do an awesome job. Uh, br- yeah. Bringing that to, I know there was a famous psychologist. I don't think he's there anymore, but he kind of really started the program at Grace and was really well known. I forget who it was, but yeah, he was the professor at that first class I took a child psychology, really, which is crazy stuff. Really? Yeah. Like what, what was crazy about it? Just, um, the, just how, so how when you sit down with adults, kid. you can talk to them and you can, they can express their feelings a little better. All adults aren't that good at expressing their feelings either, yeah. but kids definitely, it's different. So you'll do things with them like you have them draw, and the drawings can point to different things that's going on with their life. So if you ask them to draw a house and they don't draw any windows, that might be something that you can dig into further. Mm. Or they draw their family and dad is really big and mom is really tiny. Or they draw themselves really tiny and everybody else is big. That can be, that can maybe show that, hey, this is something to dig into. Uh, maybe they have a different view of family and, and mom and dad, That's then that's what's healthy. Hmm. Wow. I don't know. I just got an undergrad. Yeah. Psychology's complicated. But yeah, no, it I remember is. that. That's crazy. And just the stuff, 
the dark stuff that happens with kids and that, oh, yeah. that you see in child psychology and counseling is, it's rough. Yeah. I know, um, I have a, a lot of friends who went to grace and then they would work for, uh, what is that service that's right there in grace? You know, what I'm talking about Bowen. Yep. Is it Bowen? Yeah. So, so, and they just would see some of the hardest stuff or they'd work for lifeline or for the like foster care system than the state. And I would just hear story after story of just darkness. And I've seen that a little bit. Um, Allison, one of her, her sister fosters. So you just kind of start to hear stories of what's, you see these kids and where they're coming from. They're just little homies. Yeah. Yeah. They just want to love and live and, you know, and it's like, they've just been through some real dark stuff. You know, it's crazy. It's weird. You get caught up in a little bubble in your life and stuff and then you don't. Start interacting with other people. You're like, whoa, this is. You forget there's crazy stuff going on in the world. Yeah. With even where you live, but across the world, there's broken people doing some bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. In our communities, in everywhere. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a guy at Verizon, and he was telling me that he like clears phones and things. He is in Goshen, and he's like. You'd be surprised the stuff that I see on phones. He's not allowed to tell anyone anything because yeah. that's Verizon's policy. But he's like, one time I was clearing this guy's phone or changing it over, and I realized this guy is part of the c- cartel because of the just beheadings <laughs> that he was looking at in Goshen, <laughs> or maybe maybe not in Goshen. I don't know where yeah. the location was. I'm like taking little trips down the yeah to the border wherever. or whatnot. Yeah, I'm like whoa, that's here in Goshen. Uh, just makes Goshen that much, you know, better in the in my opinion, a little more flavorful. I'm All, a little scared to be here now. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> Head back to West Lafayette. Um, yeah, dude, we 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 were good buddies all through college like hung out all the time i have a lot of great memories good times spending spending time with you playing true american um and uh yeah we would you know go to the coffee shop we we started uh spark financial just classic eric and i and emily shout out to emily yes emily musser yeah um which was a non-profit micro lending company uh we would smoke cigars by the lake and paddle and we built this we were talking about this earlier but built this huge what was it the snowpocalypse yep snowpocalypse of 20 was that 2013 or 20 maybe it was 2012 it might have been 2013 because i don't think you were in that apartment yeah and it was like march out of nowhere biggest blizzard i'd seen in my life they shut down warsaw for three or four days no one allowed to drive no one allowed to drive i ran to the store and everything was out. Like people had just, I mean, there, I got some bread, some milk, and some beer. I think that's all I got. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> and then you couldn't drive anywhere for like three days. And um, school was out. And you're like, dude, come over. And I couldn't drive over. So I walked the mile in the middle of a blizzard mm-hmm. in my car hearts with Guinnesses stuck in my pockets. And then got there. And we just built this huge, because you live right next to school. Yep. And so they were clearing the school and just pushing all the snow onto one side. One awesome pile. Huge pile. It was probably 10 feet or more high, I would think. You could almost stand up inside the igloo when we got done. Yeah. We just dug out the middle of it. And did we run electricity out there or did we? We built a fire. Yeah. We built a fire inside of the snow mound and just chilled out there for like hours. Not amazingly safe. Yeah. We found out you needed a. 
a hole in the roof to an exhaust event. <laughs> <laughs> we probably got some damage or something. Yeah. It was cool though. It was warm and cozy. Did we move anything out? No, we didn't. I don't think we did. I thought we talked about maybe like playing video games out there or something. Which would have been cool. Yeah. We played a ton of Call of Duty. I remember yeah. playing Call of Call Duty Black Ops. and House of Cards. Remember we'd binge on House of Cards? Yeah. That was good too. Good show. Uh, that was wow. a good classic. Yeah. Yeah. The Clintons. What a wonderful people. Um, yeah. That was crazy. Good times. Good college experience. Spent a lot of time just hanging out. And then um, then you got married. And you joined the Air Force. And then I went and did my own thing. But yeah, we've, stepped, we've kept in touch. Yes. Since then. What made now you join that. the Air Force? Air Force? Uh, military was always a dream to or a goal to um, to do. We just wanted to go out and fight bad guys yeah. and do cool guy stuff. Yeah. And so um, I think I joined eventually when I was 30, 31. So at that point, it's kind of like now or never. You yeah. got to like decide if you're going to do it or just go on your life and uh, not not take that opportunity. Because you're doing pallets before that, right? Yep. Making pallets. Yeah. Lots and lots of pallets. <laughs> yeah. With like criminals, right? Or ex-criminals. They were nice guys. They're they're chill dudes. <laughs> God, I remember you telling me some stories about the stuff that was happening. Like, you know, like people would threaten to kill you or whatever. I don't know if it was you, but. Yeah. Pallet company. So it's pretty hard manual labor. And so it is, there's not a lot of people that want to do the job. So there's definitely uh, a lot of employees were ex-convicts, uh, immigrants, so people that were ready to do, I don't know how you want to say it, try not to sound like some horrible <laughs> capitalistic they, Yeah, reason. whatever they could do to make some money, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah. but a lot of awesome people, and um, but sometimes a little rough around the edges. Right. Yeah. Yeah, dealing with some stuff. I remember hearing some of that. You did that for a while, right? Uh, since I was little, man, I started driving a forklift when I was like nine years old. Oh gosh! Yeah, because it's family business. So. Yeah. Yep. First time I drove a forklift, then my dad told me to go out and try it. I got on the forklift, tried to put it in reverse, went went in forward, put the forks right through an overhead door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those when you try to you got to go back in and tell your parents you broke the window or something. It's yeah. Like, no, I put the forklift through an overhead door, Dad. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So. And I had to wait till I was 10 to try again. <laughs> it was good to go after that. Yeah. 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 You learn from your first time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you did that for a while. And then you're like, it's time to now or never go into the Air Force. Yeah. Yeah. And can you talk about what you do did yeah. while you were? I, I, I don't So wanna... basically the job I ended up in is called contingency response. Okay. We're like an airport in a box. So... Other branches can call on us to come open up an airport short notice. Mm. Whether it's for emergencies or for troop movements, we go in um, with bare base stuff. We fly out um, within like four to six hours, ready to go set up an airport somewhere. Wow. So, in and out. Did you do that often? Like, did you ever do? There's a lot of training. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we did get to do, so we did the Kabul evacuation oh wow. that was cool got to be had the opportunity to be part of that um fly in open up the airport run it for a couple of weeks close it down and then get out of town wow yeah that's wild so yeah that was a fun experience yeah for sure yeah yeah 
It's like one of those things you wait for. Yeah. And you like, train. You're yeah. like, I'm never going to do anything in my Air Force career. And then you, and then you just randomly get to go do that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's more training than actual doing it. Right. Because you've got to be ready. Yeah. But it's like, that's when do they need it? It's not all the time. So yeah. you're always trying to be honing that skill. Was that a lot of stuff you were doing in, in the States training? Yeah. So we do a lot of like, you just go practice, open up a fake airfield yeah, or troop movements for the army. Yeah. So That's helping cool. the army load up their cargo, do a fake injection, do the little battle games and then get all their stuff back out. And then head on out. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. It's fun to watch them. Usually they sleep in. And the rocks and the dirt. And yeah. We go back to our hotel. <laughs> get our food and our beer. Yeah, just yeah. chill. Yep. Oh, that's so nice. Um, Air Force is bougie. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I heard if you want to sleep in hotels, Air Force is the way to go. If you want to sleep on the ground, it's like, yeah, uh, Marines, if you want to sleep in tents. You know, I mean, if you want to sleep on a ship, you got the Navy, right? Or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're trying to pick where you're going to sleep forever long you commit to being there. Right. Yeah, if you like if you like hotels, like if you like beds, right? <laughs> as opposed to cots and sleeping bags. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, we'd sleep on cots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to you know, remind yourself what everyone else is going through, right? Yeah. <laughs> what made you choose the Air Force? Um, so I tried the Army first. Okay, couldn't get the waiver I needed to get in. Tried the Navy, couldn't get the waiver I needed to get in. They're also downsizing when At I was applying to those branches. Okay, Trump came in the office. They're doing a big build up. At that point, I'd already exhausted some of my other options, so I went for the Air Force, mm. and they let me in. That's cool. Yeah, they said, we'll take you. <laughs> Broken, needy, yeah, and all. Were you in, uh, did you go in as an officer, or did you no. go as an enlisted? I went enlisted. Okay. Yeah, despite having a, a degree, I made the wonderful choice of going enlisted. Yeah. yeah. What, what is that? Is that do, like, I know just enough about military to get myself in trouble, so correct me where I'm wrong, but it's based on pay scale, right? Mm -hmm. Is that basically the difference between, I mean, there's probably a little bit more training as well to be an officer. Air Force is eight weeks or nine weeks, basic. I think eight weeks. And then probably officers additional on top of that, or they do a totally different school, don't they? Yeah, they do a completely different school. Um, Yeah, I'd say someone explained it to me. The big difference is um, they do get paid really well. Yeah, but it's if you you want a rock star life, you get the rock star problems too. Uh, so they got a lot more responsibility. Yeah, they're um, you know you got some jobs you do your nine to five, you go home, you're done. Yeah. That's kind of a little more, especially lower enlisted. Come in, do your job, go home. But when you're an officer, you got responsibility twenty four seven. Yeah, kind of same like when you run your own company. When you're in management, you're kind of on the hook all the time. Customers right. can call late at night and say, "Hey, this is fix an issue. This. Yeah, how do yeah. I fix this?" As opposed to a person that's just coming in doing the thing. Yeah. They're just building or whatever. Hmm. Okay. What was uh, basic like? Basic was a special experience. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Even Air Force basic, which is, I'm guessing, pretty bougie compared to the other basic training. But um, it was one of those experiences where you get there and when you wake up, or at least, no, I think when you're going to sleep for the first night that you're there, you really question like why you made this horrible decision (laughs) (laughs) just because they're yelling and screaming at you or yeah it's just a lot of like it's a completely different world the goal is to break you down so they can rebuild you how they want you to be yeah yeah so you got to kind of 
you gotta you gotta adjust to the culture that they want. Okay. So a lot of companies do that. Companies have their culture that they need to set, but in the military they're gonna they're gonna set that culture up front. Yeah. Yeah. Like hardcore. That's the like like initiation process. Yeah. So a lot of yelling. <laughs> <laughs> did, did it uh, phase you, or do you think because you were thirty, it was a little less phasing, or did did they break you down? Yeah, I'd say going in older definitely changed it a little bit. Um, and married. Mm-hmm. So I've been married already for a couple of years. And so marriage can be stressful. Mm. And so I think a scary drill instructor is not as scary after you've been married for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's just that it's a lot of it is stress indoctrination. How do you handle stress? Yeah. And so marriage is a great experiment in handling stress yeah. and managing stress yeah. and growing through stress. Yeah. And so that's what basic training is too. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Cause they want you to be able to respond to stressful environments. Right. And, and be make able the right decision. Cool headed. Yeah. Wise, wise decisions. Um, so yeah. 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 That's, that's crazy. I wasn't really afraid of my drill instructors. Really? No, they were actually, that's probably not true. I probably was scared of them. Yeah. Did you see other people break down a lot, like a lot more? So just people crumble underneath the. No, no I don't think really. so. So I mean, I went in with um, so I went in for I was applying to be special force. Uh, it's called special force in the air force. It's called battlefield airmen, but okay. it's like the special forces of the air force. Okay, it's probably not how you title it correctly, but I don't know. Some some people in my yeah. So our whole cohort, whole basic training group was all people trying to do that. So it was a very uh, driven group. Yeah, yeah, had a purpose. They were happy to be there. We were all happy to get yelled at. Yeah, was that the your even your like your full eight weeks wasn't with just the common. It was with the people who were focused on what you guys were going to do, or was it like part of the part of it was with everyone, and then you went into your specific division or. Yeah, it was kind of we had our own specific program. Okay. Yeah. And then we're oh, very cool. Yeah. So we had they come in and yell at us. We'd wake up early and do extra exercise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did you make that decision? Yeah. And the whole good cop bad cop thing was that real? Yeah. 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 Good instructor, bad instructor. Yeah. No way. Did you pick that up right away, or were you like, yeah, you're like, okay, I know what the, I know what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so you get the, yeah, I think when they're yelling at you, you know, like, hey, this is part of it. Yeah. This is the game. Yeah. You got to make it through. Eight eight weeks is a long time, too. I mean, it's not as long as maybe some of the other branches, but still, it's like, um, I've not gone and done an eight-week training in my adult life. Yeah, I didn't think about that. You know, like yeah. where I just go somewhere for two months, like completely blocked off, and I'm... I'm in it, you know, Yeah. and the world shut out and I'm just focusing on, and yeah, it's just like, that's not normal. I liked it. So I had a newborn. Well, (laughs) she was like, I think she was one by the time I ended up going to basic. Okay. So the opportunity to sleep through the whole night (laughs) was amazing. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was like, I was so happy to be there at (laughs) at that level. Obviously it was still... Like, yeah, you holy crap, why did I make this decision? But I was right. like, at least I get to sleep throughout the night without getting woken up. That's wild. That was a blessing. You could handle it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I can I can see why that would be nice. You'll find out soon. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, we'll see if I sleep at all. You know? Yeah. So my podcast might be a little bit more loopy in the future. That's good. It'll be fun. Yeah, like I tripped out. Um, yeah. Was there anyone else like your age or were they mo- mostly younger? It's a pretty wide range of ages. Cool. Um, surprising amount of people with degrees. Um, I think there's a couple guys older than me. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's a fun group. That's crazy. Yeah. It's fun to watch people, how they interact and how they react to stress. I made some dumb choices. It's fun to watch other people make some dumb choices. Yeah. I think I threw some boots at a guy one time. Really? Just yeah. take that. Yeah. You're so calm. Like I can't see you getting mad. <laughs> you know, I've not seen you ever really angry. Yeah. So yeah. it's great. So we have this group. We all come. So our basic training cohort, whatever you call it, flight. I think it's called a flight. And they, uh, so they pick for our leader. They pick a, um, I don't even remember what you call it, but they pick this young guy. He's awesome dude, super nice guy, but he's like 18, 19 years old, I think. And they put him in charge of this group. Mm. And so as a 31 year old, I think I was about 31. There is an aspect of like, I'm 31 years old, man. Like, let me do my thing. Yeah. So I think he'd just come up to me. You're already living in this stressful environment. He came up to me one time and said, Hey, this is not the time to be like folding your clothes. You're supposed to be cleaning. And I was like, how about you? Let me do what I want to do <laughs> basically. Wow. But yeah, I lost my cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to be nice and be a leader. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, not today, dude. Yeah. Get out of here. That's it. Yeah. And then I threw a boot <laughs> and it hit somebody else that was standing there. <laughs> Yeah. Was there ever like fights and stuff too, or I'm sure there was like, yeah, probably. you get into the point where you get exhausted. What did you guys have a pinnacle thing? Like the last week or two you do like some big thing. I know like the Marines have the crucible or something like that where they go and do a huge run hike thing. Yeah. So we did four. So for basic training, that was eight weeks. And then for battlefield airmen, you roll into an eight week prep course, which okay. is to get you ready for the, uh, selection course where they just really kick you in the nuts okay yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and there's a pinnacle of that it's uh okay this long day and evening where they wake you up early and they start yelling at you and they just have you do ridiculous stuff all day like duck walks and tank walks and bear crawls and log rolls and they're just on you all day and then they take you to the pool and they drown you there. And then they take you out into the woods and have you carry around a bunch of heavy crap for hours and roll in the mud. Yeah. Good stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Real man stuff. Yeah. Man yeah. stuff. You yeah. feel manly afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then so you do eight weeks, eight weeks, and then you go to what you're like selected for or? Yeah. Then you sit around and you wait for the selection course, which like I said, is where they really test you and decide whether or not you're going to go on. In the process. Is that the ASVAB? Is that what that is? No, no. no. That's, That's like the SAT before you okay. get in. Okay. Yeah. So this is something after that. Or yeah. Checking if you can, yeah, handle it or what you're, if you're suited for the skill. Yeah. And they send you that way. Okay. It's like an Air Force Enneagram. 
maybe, yeah. right? You're such a seven. You should be this. <laughs> You're a seven wing four. You yeah. definitely should be a bomber. <laughs> You'd be great at drone strikes. I lo- yeah. I'd love to have you as a drone striker. <laughs> You're really good at Counter Strike. You should play. Wait, do people even play Counter Strike anymore? I think is there. I think there is. I just yeah. aged myself. No, you're good. I think Call of like, Duty now. Yeah, Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. And even that, there's new games these days. What's that NFT one that you were telling me? In game or big, big time, big time. I haven't played it, but I bought some land. Yeah, <laughs> long time ago. Yeah, you're you're a real estate in big time. Yeah, you're a big time real estate big guy. Big time real estate guy. Yeah. <laughs> I should put that on my yeah. social media profile. Yeah, on your LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, under pronouns, big time real estate guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you spent, you were in, so you're no longer in the Air Force. You're in the Air Guard? Yeah. Okay. For, and you're telling me this, but explain to the people what the difference is between like the Air Force Reserves and what you're in now. Yeah, so the Air Force Reserves is basically... A lot of times it's part-time, so mm-hmm. you can go do your civilian job. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. A little bubbly from the beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, no worries. Yeah. So Air Force Reserves is kind of part-time. You can do a civilian job, and then you do the Air Force Reserve whenever they need you and do your training. Uh, it's controlled by the federal government, and then Air National Guard is controlled and paid for by the state government. Mm. At least my understanding. That's where it's at. Yeah. Has it been any different? Um now that you've been working for them as opposed to federal to state, is the state different? Like, I don't know. That's just a rando question. Yeah. I don't know. Funding might be better. At least from yeah. in the Kentucky Air National Guard and they seem to be funded well. It's we get cool job. equipment. It's still the same basic stuff though. Yeah. Right? So yeah. still doing a lot of the same job. I'm doing the same exact job I was doing in the Air Force for the Air National Guard. Cool. So yeah. if they ever have a disaster and they need to open up an air, air, airport, you get called in. Yeah and deliver it i um went to florida for a convention um in september of 2022 and i get there and hurricane ian is on its way through and like all of orlando was shut down good timing yeah the airport i stayed at was the hq for the I think it was the National Guard. Okay. And so um, I was talking to all these like EMS and all these people in uniform and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we got called in to come here for this event. And then we're going to go out and do, you know, rescues and all this stuff. And the, like the HQ was the the uh, hotel I was in, which was nice, actually. Awesome. Because I mean, they had a generator. It was like the one hotel that had a generator compared to any other hotel. So I was like, oh, dude, I'm at this. Like, Perfect place. If it goes worse, yeah. hey, at least these guys are here. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to hang out. They were putting sandbags in front of the doors, and it was kind of crazy. I felt like I was in a uh, war movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was sweet. Uh, they had helicopters landing on top of the buildings and stuff, so I'd watch them just like land. And nice. Like, this is- Go jump on one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was doing laps in the pool as the hurricane was going around. It was sweet. But, um, yeah, yeah. So no, I've only been so I started in March, so I've been going for about so months. it's yeah, so it's kind of all brand new. Yeah, do do they do similar trainings and stuff that you were doing? Yeah, right? so I think sometimes we show up to the same. So mm-hmm. Occasionally we'd work with the guard. Gotcha. Yeah. To train. Yeah. Um, you were in New Jersey for most for the five. You said for five years. The majority. Yeah, one was in year New- in Texas, four years in Jersey. Wow. Yeah, and part of your time was COVID, right? Yes, yeah. COVID. So that was kind of crazy too. Right. Yeah, COVID was special. I thought 
now's like now i'm gonna go do something to save the world yeah and they told us to go home don't get sick yeah yeah this isn't saving the world in a place that you don't have community family this is a brand new place that you uprooted your whole family and now you're here and then now you guys are in the house and it's isolated yeah covid was a hot mess yeah it was very quickly so at that point i had two daughters and my wife was pregnant wow and so we learned very quickly that we do not have the skills required to spend time with each other 24 <laughs> 7 we needed better people skills and i think a lot of people learn that pretty yeah. quick yeah i think we go through life a lot where um we wake up we go to work we come home watch some tv and we go to bed like you don't you don't have to interact with each other yeah on any crazy level a lot of you can numb it with TV. You're busy working, right? But when you sit at home and, for yeah. months on end and you have to live with each other every day, like you need people skills. Mm. Yeah, it really showed that. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> tough. Yeah, I was in a different position. Uh, I was here with Lincoln, so we just so like just bro out. We broke out hard. We played Minecraft for a day, two days straight or whatever. <laughs> he was off work and we were just chilling. We pulled the couch into the kitchen. So we just didn't have to really move from the kitchen to the living room. We were just like put the projector up. We could just kind of roll over, cook our food, roll back over, keep oh, on playing. Man. It was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very good time. I was dating Allison at the time. It was nice. They're living the dream. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. We'd run around and like not wear masks and feel like a total like bandit you know like a rebel outlaw yeah yeah getting fights with people on facebook about how they're grandma killers (laughs) i was having a lot of fun dude uh you yeah so you you were there through that and is that when you got kind of heavy into nfts or how did you get into nfts was it through covid yeah i'm trying to remember the first time okay so first it started with which one was first, AMC or what was the other? Meme? GameStop. GameStop. GameStop was first. I don't remember. It might have been AMC. So, buddy in my office, love that stuff. Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, I'll try it just for one stock. And so I bought some, I think it was GameStop. Bought some GameStop, like doubled my money, sold it, <laughs> bought back in. It dropped down like 20%. I resold it, but I still made good money. Yeah. And then I was hooked. And so that's a wow. That's what got me the on the first that. gamble. Yeah. It was like the gateway drug. And so um, then I think I bought a couple more stocks and then I was like, hey, let's try some crypto. Oh, wow. And so make some money on crypto. And I'm like, hey, let's try some NFTs. And just down that rabbit hole <laughs> deep, deep. Um, but it's fun. Like the first NFT I bought was uh, Sandbox. Okay. Digital real estate. It's like Minecraft, but with money. And sold it for a bunch for a big profit, and then used that profit. Should have used it for something else, like I don't know, my kids' college. But bought some more (laughs) NFTs and some more digital property, Um, and then NFTs are where they're at now. Yeah, hardcore crash. Yeah, I think they yeah just recently just keep on going down. Yeah, but but hey, if I lose my house, at least I have a digital house. (laughs) Yeah. Just have to give my kids directions on how to get there. Yeah, exactly. Put on the glasses, plug into the matrix. It'll be great. You're going to have a great time. Try to ignore the other homeless people. Yeah, dad set you up well. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, you, you said you got like one of the Nike apartments, right? Or yeah, RFT, Artifact. I think Nike bought them, something like that. Yeah. I got a cool apartment. 
That's cool. My kids can come visit. Right. You got multiple pieces of digital land. Yeah. You got the city apartment. You got the the farm out over by Farmville. You've got the, you know, the uh, lake life. So I went deep because we had free time. So watched them, studying them a ton. Um, Now when people ask me about, I see a lot of people walking around now. They're starting to get into crypto. I'm Mm. like, I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I think it's it's growing. I saw uh, we had the big bank scare that happened a little bit ago, and that pushed crypto up a ton. Yeah. It was just like the systems that we're believing that are going to save us are just man-made systems. This is what crypto is too, a man-made system. Like It doesn't mean it's going to be better or worse than what's already there like the petrodollar is falling apart mm-hmm. like other countries are wanting to buy their oil in you know russian or chinese yuan or what who knows what right yeah it's like the system that's been there for the longest in our generation is starting to crumble so like why not do crypto you know it makes more sense it's a little more transparent than the federal reserve in my opinion of course i don't know what the federal reserve is doing and uh what satanic rituals they're part of (laughs) you know again my opinion all right yeah 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 i think i joined i did not join for philosophical reasons i joined because i made a lot of money off of gamestop and i wanted to make more money yeah i don't think that's a bad reason you saw the opportunity but then you probably got into it and learned a lot more about the future of it i i could see it being applicable in a lot of different ways yeah, there's a lot of cool applications, I think, Yeah, that could possibly come out of it. But I think still the biggest one is, uh, at least for NFTs, well, it's probably not the coolest one. This is the only one that I explored, was that ability to flex online and to create an identity online. We spend a lot of time online, yeah, especially younger generations, and uh, we still want to express ourselves. So you used to be able to buy like a nice pair of Nikes, and all your friends can see that, hey, you got a nice pair of Nikes. Yeah. When you spend like 80% of your day online... You got to buy some digital Nikes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they do that already with Fort, Fortnite. You have the skins. Right? Yeah. Or whatever, whatever video game you have. You buy and pay for those skins so that you look legit. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think... I think the next generation is prepped for it, too. Like, everyone I've talked to them, like, they totally understand it. Definitely prepped. I yeah. think the biggest is the user the user i don't even call it user interface Mm -hmm. it's super hard to buy nfts and cryptos like we were talking about you got them on your little ledger Mm -hmm. i'm afraid to even go back and like i don't know if i can actually get to my nfts you know no way yeah you don't have your passcode saved yeah i wrote it down okay and then i took a picture and saved on my phone oh no No, it's gone dude save it on your phone it's totally gone now (laughs) Uh, government has your nfts yeah it's just a very complicated process you got these 12 word passwords and yeah. you got a pin for your ledger yep. then you got to go in and have a wallet and it's just it's not easy it's not and then the easy stuff that was there is falling apart with the binance and the block mm-hmm. and the all that so and you can lose your stuff sbf i bought some piece of digital property for a couple thousand bucks it's like you could lit- you can lose it on accident yeah gone where's it at i forget where i placed it yeah I lost my passwords that I wrote down on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. That is Humans crazy. are really good at keeping passwords. No, never. <laughs> never. Never. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I know you were doing a lot of stuff with that. You were doing the, the like, uh, 
Nerd bar stuff. Yeah, we even tried to start a NFT company, Nerd Bar. We made a handful of NFTs. We really wanted to get deep into providing marketing material for other NFT brands. Mm. Uh, we built a graphic design team in Colombia, uh, got it all built up, and then we decided, let's go do something else. Yeah. But you got the relationships. Yeah. The team. Yeah. So, yeah, my dad called up, said, hey, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> NFT sounds cool, but uh, maybe we should be doing some uh, legit stuff. Saving people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what kind of transitioned into that. Yep. Were you doing the One Village stuff before that? Because I know you, I remember you talking to me a little bit about One Village. Yeah. So, One Village, I think, really started with um, there was a school in Kenya called Appendo Academy. The director came to the U.S., met my dad, said, hey, help me with fundraising. We're trying to build this dormitory for girls because hmm. the girls that go to our school, they get attacked on the way to school. They, they've been raped. Um, so we want to build this dormitory so they don't have to commute to school. And so my dad's like, cool, that's great. I don't have time, but my son has plenty of free time. Go ask him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got talking to them. Saw the work they do is really cool. Decided like, hey, I've always wanted to help nonprofits with fundraising. Here's my chance to learn, and so offered to help them with that. Uh, learned really quickly that fundraising is a lot harder than just posting something on Facebook or starting to GoFundMe and saying, hey, everybody, we need money. Yeah. And so, uh, as we learned going through all the different steps, working with that school. We found out, hey, this is a really cool process that we can help a lot of people with. So we started a nonprofit so we can do that at scale. What was the steps that you were learning? Like uh, Branding was the first part. Like I love branding, which is yeah. really kind of clarifying the why you exist, where you're going, and how you're going to get there. And kind of clarifying your niche. Like what's unique about what you do Yeah, that would make people interested. And so... But you can build this whole brand package for somebody and deliver it to them. Like for that school, we built a brand package. Said, "Hey, here's here's a really cool way to talk about what you do." Yeah. And then it's kind of like, "Good luck out there." Have, yeah. Hope you make. Hope you find some money. It's so all very quickly. Like, hey, well, now we got to make you a website, which is a, its own science in itself. It's can be more complicated than you think. There's search engine optimization, just designing it, user interface, all that stuff. But then even after you make a cool website, that doesn't mean anybody's going to go to your website or right. even know it exists. And so then you got to learn how to use social media, which is another science in itself. And so as we go, we keep on finding out, hey, this is like a really, this is a really extensive process and it's very complicated. No wonder a lot of ministries aren't able to tack, tackle it. No yeah. wonder a lot of missionaries. It's my multi-pieced. Yeah, it's this, yeah. It's this whole new school skill set that you have to learn it doesn't really come naturally to a lot of people and um so i think that is really a big reason why a lot of people struggle with it is it from the outside looking in it looks easy like making a podcast oh you just get a video camera and some microphones and you got a podcast it's, right. it's harder than that yeah yeah it's a little hard not it's pretty easy yeah you, you hit 95 percent of what you need to do <laughs> yeah, invite the guest and then hit record that's the other five percent true yeah no yeah you're right um, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So we found out it's, it's, it's this really complicated process. We want to be able kind of like my job in the air force is an airport in a box. We want to bring digital marketing and branding agency in a box to like these ministries and these missionaries 
that are trying to do awesome things. It's like, hey, we'll try to bring this full suite of services to you so you can knock it out of the park. Mm. Yeah. Have you been doing that? Have you been seeing success? We've been trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we convinced a handful of missionaries and ministries to be our guinea pigs as we develop this curriculum. Mm. And so they've been very patient with us as we throw them in the top of our funnel and they work their way through the process and we learn the different kinks like, hey, this is the best website service. Hey, this is the best blogging service. This is the best way or easiest way to do social media. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so we work with a lot of cool people. Uh, we got about eight clients right now spread out across the world. Wow. Yeah. That's what you're kind of uh, passionate about now. That's the focus you've been really going after. Yeah, I love it. It's been kind of like a, a dream job that I've had in the back of my head for a long time. Yeah. Is to be able to help people with their fundraising, help people with their marketing. Well, and we, I mean, I remember talking about that back in college. Yep. You know, we yeah. started that Spark Financial. Yeah, exactly. Which Very we should have won. We should have won. Yeah. I know. Second yeah. place. But yeah, we did a like a Shark Tank esque thing. Um, I don't remember what the competitors are. I doubt they're even out there anymore. It was a book. It was like a knockoff of Amazon. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. I didn't go anywhere. Tall guy, basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jared Treadway. Maybe. No. No. I don't remember. I don't remember his name. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Somehow he won. Yeah. He had he had a good he had a business plan. We weren't I wasn't a business major. Yeah. We sold it marketing wise. We had the mug, we had the jackets. Yeah. We had the logo. The passion. Yeah. We yeah. had the gifts for the judges. <laughs> yeah, didn't we? Yeah, that was right. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Um Yeah, we did that. I've done a couple of those. Shark playing shark shark tank type things. Yeah. With different ideas that I have had. Uh but it's fun to do that in college. What a safe place to do it too. Like <clears throat> it wasn't gonna hurt. If we no, you know, it was a lot of fun. They definitely had questions, but we answered them pretty well. I mean, we got second, so we knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. It almost got me a job at Grace. I almost said Biola. Really? That yeah. did? No way. Yeah, I got connected with Andrew Flam. Yeah. Right after that. Yeah, I applied. I went to interview. I did a horrible interview. Oh uh, yeah, I bombed it hard. I know. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that, but yeah, interviews told can you be about tough. It, yeah. <laughs> Interview, ah, interviews, it's like some days you're on and then the next day it's like, what happened? That day I was off. Yeah. They gave me, um, I think the question that threw me off the most was how would other people you work with describe you? Tim, and how would other people you work with describe you? En- energetic and passionate. Dang. I didn't have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I was in an interview uh, recently and they asked me, um, uh, if you were a wood species, what type of wood species would you be? <laughs> like who even knows multiple wood species? I said my initial one was oak, but I'm like, that's not right. I feel like I'm an ash tree. And then I went into why <laughs> I felt like ash I, an ass, an ash tree. I like it. I, I like, I said, um, ash trees are interesting because they start out as one tree and as they grow, like their bark falls off. And I, I really love that. And then if you see an ash tree in the forest, they're always really tall and beautiful and they just soak in the sun. And so I really connect to that. Tall and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can tall agree and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So I said, What are you looking for in an employee? The guy says, A tall and beautiful employee. I'm like, Yeah. I nailed that interview. That interview went well. <laughs> it was just really funny that like that was the question that they asked. I was like, Wow. Ash tree. Okay. I, yeah. 
I bomb those questions. I don't know what it is. There was, what was I thinking about? It's not what you, it's like you're selling yourself and they don't really know you. And it's like, I can't sell myself. Yeah. No. Yeah. Bring me in. Next I can time. sell pallets. I'll sell you for them. Okay. <laughs> He's energetic and passionate about what he does. Yeah. 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 That's tough. Yeah. Job interviews. I know. So yeah, yeah, we, uh, you almost had that. Um, oh yeah, life would have been different. Right? I probably would have been a Winona Lake resident. Actually, I probably couldn't afford that. I probably would have been a Warsaw. Yeah. <laughs> you would have been, um, you would have had a really sweet Nike apartment. Yeah. <laughs> in the digital world, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would have lived in the woods back there by the trails. You would have had one of those little huts that it's you like heaven. built out of. Yeah. Uh, fir trees and pine trees. Good memories. Probably because life was simpler in college. Mm-hmm. You're not married. You don't have kids. Yeah. You, you don't, don't have, have a real job. Responsibilities yeah. and stuff. You were working with nonprofits back in college. Yeah. It's something that just always gets sucked into. Worked mm-hmm. for the housing authority. Mm-hmm. That was, I love that job. You were always trying to figure out how to like unclog the hole that is nonprofits. I remember having long conversations about that because um, one of the interesting thing about, about being a nonprofit is you have to be profitable. It sounds counterintuitive, but you've got to be profitable. You, the whole thing about a nonprofit is you're profitable and you take those profits and reinvest them back into the community or the organization. Yeah. But it's not about profit sharing and giving money out to other people. That's the whole piece of it. But then people who work in nonprofits, they get caught up in this like poverty mindset of, we have we can't be profitable. It has to be, but you gotta bring in business practices. Not it doesn't have to be a business, but it has to be efficient. It yeah. has to be it's still a business effective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a hard balance. I think, and in general, I think people are not very good at running a business anyway. Like mm-hmm. even for profit businesses. Yeah, and there's a ton of people that start businesses, and it's. It's harder than you think. Yeah. There's a lot of crappy parts to it that people don't think about that it's just people aren't good at. You have to be organized. You have to pay your taxes. You know, all that stuff that come back to bite you in the butt. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not on top of Understand it. Understand regulations. Yeah. Um, bill people. Yeah. Collect the billings. Like, so I think as humans in general, we're just, we struggle to be business, businessy. Focused. Business yeah. focused. I don't know. Business minded. Yeah. There's some people that are really good at it, but. Business structured. Yeah. yeah. If we're all pretty bad at business stuff, then it's not surprising that when you try to do it in a nonprofit sector, you're pretty bad at it too. Yeah. What's the what's the goal that you see with your uh nonprofit now? What do you want to see? Like what's the dream that you see with it? I think the dream would probably be like what initially comes to mind is to be kind of like the go-to agency like a creative agency uh you got for nonprofits. so you got awesome creative agencies like gary v runs this mega marketing and creative agency um it does awesome stuff i think it'd be cool to be able to do that in the in the christian sector just to be able to allow nonprofits and missionaries and ministries to kind of up their game uh as far as when it comes to accomplishing the mission I think a lot of times we, I don't know if we settle for 
uh, lower quality. We settle for the poverty mindset. Oh yeah, poverty mindset. I think that's a real thing. Yeah, and I that comes through in missions as well. So like support raising, um, a lot of times we view people who raise support as they're begging for money. Yeah, and missionaries have to live in poverty, um, which I don't know. I I feel hard. I feel like afraid to comment on that, but I would say. I don't know if we've been asked to live in poverty necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's hard, baby, because some of these missionaries are going to a place that is just impoverished. Yeah. So then they're at a higher level. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about where the food comes from. But then also, like, you need to be filled up to be able to pour out. Yeah. As well. So, so it's like, a, like, if you're worrying about the food coming into your mouth... And can you help people who are trying, who are worrying about the same thing? No. You know? and um, so. I think it becomes hard. And I think, I guess to clarify, um, I feel like often you, as a missionary, you try to make your budget. And you're like, well, I'm a missionary. So that means I have to get rid of, if you, if you sit down and make your budget, you're like, I have to get rid of entertainment because I shouldn't entertain myself. Right. I have to get rid of. Would Jesus have Netflix? Retirement. Yeah. Right. Would <laughs> so, Jesus have a 401k? Exactly. Right. Which he didn't, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, He uh, had digital lanes somewhere else. Yeah. Heavenly spaces. (laughs) He had a retirement plan. Yeah. Yeah. He had a kingdom full of gold. (laughs) Got a mansion. Yeah. Mansion. And he's got a room for us. Yeah. That's true. Maybe I got it all wrong. But that's my goal also. And part of One Village is to explore that, um, that question, like, um, how should missions be done in the modern world? Mm. Should we use digital or or not? Yeah. Is it do you use Facebook marketing or blog posts or yeah. all that stuff? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I think one of the things I've realized is um we need to be better storytellers as whatever you're doing. I think people will latch on to that. Yeah. And uh storytelling's really good. I feel like missionaries can do that well as long as they're uh, contributing to a story. Some some may, some don't, you know? But there is something to, like, if you're doing work, you'll have stories to tell. I'm, I met this guy, Kelly Klotsky, and he's in the Trans-Sky area in Africa, mm-hmm. and he lost a leg. So he only has one leg, and he's a missionary. He lost it on the mission field. And so we, I asked him about it, and, man, that was a story. That was a crazy story about how just all of it went down. And he's out there just doing work, and he's like, this is how I lost my leg. And now he walks around with a peg. Peg leg, he looks like a pirate, but it's like this guy's doing work, you know. Yeah. He's actually has stories to tell. Like, for me, I feel like you would never have he has endless amounts of content mm-hmm. to tell people about what they're doing. And when someone reads, like, oh wow, he lost his leg doing missions work, like, this guy's dedicated. That's a story. That's a story. Yeah. Why would I not give to him? He's not going to the mission field to be on a vacation, he's there to like, he's. He's got skin in the game. So you're saying that we should build into our training a part where they, have they to lose, lose a limb. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, if it gets you fully funded, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. Like, but yeah, I think there is. What would Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> a big. If you're, it's a hard balance. Yeah. If you're doing cool stuff, you've you'll have cool content to share. But also, you do need some of the skills that it requires to share that story. And so, um, that's, yeah, which could be a hard skill for some people to pick up, whether it's blogging, whether it's putting together a website, 
right. recording video, effectively sharing their, I mean, their story, having the equipment, like maybe they just have a flip phone. Yeah. Like they don't have an iPhone, so they can't record a video well. I've seen so many bad missionary photos. It's like, dude, like this cannot go on the website. Gotta like send them an iPhone. Blurry and yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, that village in Africa, did they build a dormitory? Were they able to complete They're project? still raising funds for it because okay. I'm not a very good fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> we raised a decent amount. I think so. That was right before COVID hit. They got the foundation laid. And then since then, like prices have skyrocketed. So they reassessed yeah. and they decided, hey, we're going to take the money we raised and apply it to some other projects in the meantime. So they replaced the outhouses with an actual like, uh, toilet facility mm. so the kids don't have to be using outhouses um they built a computer lab they um what else did they do i think that was the main things yeah yeah other things to support their organization and stuff yeah because building the dormitory just got extremely oh, expensive yeah yeah that's tough so but now they're ready to tackle it again oh wow yeah yep more fervor yeah i was just in a fundraising conversation and it's it's very strategic. Mm-hmm. There's like levels of things that you have to be doing. And branding's a piece of it. Like one of the things that was mentioned is like um, when you're branding, don't make it like super shiny and glossy. Kind of mute it a little bit because you want the people to read the stuff to be like, this is cool. But also not like, man, they've spent a lot of money on trying to make me give them, them money. Yeah. Like there's even like a psychological aspect to That's it. crazy. And I'm like that. I've never even thought about stuff yeah. like that. You, you know? look like you already have money. So like, why would I give? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just really interesting. Some of the stuff that's, that's out there. Um, yeah. And, and how to engage with people uh, in younger generations too. I think the older generation that has been givers for a long time are dying off, you know? And so the young generation, I mean, like I give and, but the things that engage me to give money is different than what engages um, maybe the older generation. Yeah. Each generation is definitely different in what their goals are, um, how they want to make a difference, how they want to be spoken to. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, someone from grace who became a missionary and they would nonstop message me on Facebook to support them. Mm -hmm. And it was such a turnoff. I blocked them. (laughs) I said, I'm sorry. I'll say his name, Paul. I don't want to. I'm sorry, Paul. I don't want to give to you. Paul, come to one village. Yeah, come to one village. I know. I think he is now, and I'm glad it, I think he is now, um, shoots content for OnlyFans for, yeah. So I'm like, Paul chose a different (laughs) (laughs) He's He's a, um, He's just getting down into the dirty with uh, the sinners and helping them out. And figuring, oh, I don't know. Someone's got to share Jesus with them. So someone, yeah, Jesus loves OnlyFans people. He does. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Yeah. It's just, uh, I was like, okay. I and, and part of me was, I knew this guy's kind of heart as well beforehand. And I'm like, this guy's not. I don't know if, I think it, I just didn't feel compelled to to support him and then also the way he was going about it it just didn't feel right um but then on the other hand i hear this guy kelly klotsky and the stuff that he's doing i'm like dude of course i'm gonna support you because i see what's going on i see your heart i see your authenticity and you've been doing it for 30 years there is difference and he wasn't hard asking he, yeah. he asked me he said i just want people to come 
and continue the mission I'm doing in Africa. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. So I'm going to give you money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's just like, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's, I think the people get into a formula sometimes and they just want you to, this is the formula, write letters, ask people, we'll do this stuff. There's something to that, but then also people will really feel my generation, our generation feels the authenticity of it. It's gotta be authentic. Yeah. Gotta be doing something good. I don't want to just vacation fund you. Um, I've seen that a lot. Yep. Vacation funds. So, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. The stories you hear Yeah, about missionaries. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you think they're in Scotland saving people and they're on vacation. Yeah. Now, I think we hear those stories because that sticks out in people's minds. Yeah. And so that gets shared a lot, obviously. Yeah. So the average missionary or yeah, most missionaries. Maybe 10% of them yeah. are doing negative things, but that's the ones you hear the most nope. about. The one bad apple that ruins it for everyone. That's like, mm-hmm. so in the military, when you hear like, there's just some really like dumb rules and you're like, why does this rule exist? Because someone, someone needed it. <laughs> someone was really dumb. Yeah. I can't think of any examples, but yeah. You army proofed it. Yeah. There it's been go. army proofed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's rules about the rules surrounding the rules yeah. to keep you 10 foot, 10 feet away from the rules. Humans like to do that. Like the Jews did that about, um, the, just the rules that God gave them. Yeah. Cause there's always they, one idiot. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made rules about that, and then they made rules about the, those rules, and that's why you can't take an elevator on on Saturday if you're Jewish. Yep. And you have to come in. Like I know someone that gets paid um, to turn lights off for people or turn lights on, and the, all their work is on Saturday. No way. And so the like if they forgot to turn a light off, this person's on call, and so they'll come and they'll check. And like, okay, is there anything that you need me to do because it's Sabbath and um, you can't touch these lights. You can't do it. And it's like, um, so like that's their full-time job is on Saturday. That's what they do. They go and work and they hit a bunch of these people and make sure that there's any lights that they need to turn off or turn the oven on or turn it off or all this yeah. stuff. And just fascinating. I want to brand that company. There's yeah. going to be like yeah. Sabbath Rescue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you trying to sleep and you forgot to turn off your lights and you can't turn the lights off in your bedroom? <laughs> call us. Well, you can't call us, but uh, yeah, exactly. Call me later. Call me later. <laughs> call, call me on Sunday. <laughs> It's just, that's how humans are sometimes. We put things on top of things on top of things. It's like, what? What are we doing? We're bored. Why are we doing that? (laughs) Yeah, or we just, yeah, we don't, we want to be safe. But safe doesn't mean we're actually safe. No. That's the other thing. What's that uh, Chronicles of Narnia quote where they're talking about Aslan? And they say that, um, I think they ask if aslan as the lion is safe and the beaver is like no of course he's not safe he's a lion yeah <laughs> he's a lion bro yeah, yeah. he'll eat your head yeah, yeah. He'll snack on you hardcore yeah yeah that's such a good i love chronicles narnia that's so good yeah good old c.s lewis he knew what he was doing yeah he knew where it's at he he, he had a he had a thought or two um yeah i, I don't know i Typically, I have one. I have a question I will ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to go down. It's just usually like a. I always like to see what people think, so I, I guess I can go into it. Who do you think built the pyramids? Oh man! Yeah, this is like an interview question, right? Yeah, this will probably be like the most. I don't know if most, but this is what's going to get you kicked out of the military. <laughs> yeah, 
they told us about this, but yeah, we're, we're not, not supposed to share. <laughs> yeah. No, my job in the Air Force is not top secret. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm pretty like a uh, bottom of the barrel. You don't need a high IQ. <laughs> <laughs> Just show up and move stuff. Yeah. Um, who built the pyramids? The Egyptians, right? Yeah, maybe. Well, not That's the Egyptians. The they had Egyptian slaves. slaves. That's the story, I guess. Do you think it was the slaves? The slaves of the Egyptians? Yeah. Oh, the Israelites, right? Maybe. I don't know. Some I'm so uneducated about that. <laughs> I don't even know if those are like the same time frames. Yeah. There's a lower, middle, and higher Egypt. I don't know. There's like different periods yeah. of Egypt. Some of the pyramids I don't think could be built by humans. That's my personal opinion. So I guess the real question is, do aliens exist? That's yeah. That's okay. what I'm getting to. So that's the real question. I think. Were you prepped on this in the in the Air Force? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I just move stuff. Um, man, I do like the question. Do other planets exist? And I think, um, I think if God's a creator, right? He likes to create, and He's put that in us too. Like we like to create. We like to build worlds. We like to create art. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Um, I think obviously it's not clarified in the Bible, at least not that I know of. But um, I think if God is a creator and he loves to create, um, why would he not create other worlds? Mm. Um, whether or not he has, I don't know. Does he have the ability? Of course he does. He made he made this world. the earth. Like he can right. do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, but I think if we look at his character, um, to me, I think it wouldn't be surprising that he made other worlds. He loves to create. He has the ability to create. It'd be cool to make other worlds. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he only made one to make it more unique, but yeah, I, I think, think it that, wouldn't be out there. I don't, yeah, I don't think it would be out there either. Um, Have they been here or not is the other question. Yeah, they've been here for the whole time. <laughs> Bro, I am alien. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that we may get to a point where they're, uh, where they say there are aliens among us and we need to take your DNA to understand who is alien, who's not. You know, we kind of got a little taste of that with the COVID vaccines. Everyone needs to get vaccinated. Yeah. Everyone. Now we're going to need to take your DNA to see who's alien, who's not. Um, and we're going to be revealed who is alien, who's not in our, in our world. It'd be cool. It'd be like looking through your old high school yearbook and you're like, alien. Uh, not an alien. Alien. I do that already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just illegal aliens versus. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's a beautiful thing about being at Goshen being 50% Hispanic, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's cool. My wife is an alien. Really? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yep. See that from Columbia, right? Yeah. She's from Columbia. Wait, how'd you guys meet? Was it church? Yeah. We met through a friend. Well, initially not through church. So okay. my friend is like, he's a really good buddy down in Indianapolis. He's like, Eric, you need to date a good Christian girl. Mm. I think I hadn't really been dating anyone at the moment. You're just vibing. Yeah, just vibing. Yeah. Living the dream. Partying with Timon. Yep. And so he pulls out his Facebook and he's like, here's two girls I know. No way. Yeah. He has them on deck. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Which is funny because later I told my wife about this. She She got mad because she felt like I picked her from a catalog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. The Facebook catalog. Yeah. So, yeah. So he shows me these girls and I'm like, okay, let's hang out with her because she's in Indianapolis. Yeah. And so we create this fictional party and we invite her to it. Like, hey, we're having um, 
I don't know if it was New Year's or Valentine's Day, which is bad. She's going to be mad at me. I don't remember oh, this. Oh, boy. But uh, I think it was Valentine's Day. Don't listen, Pam. Don't yeah. listen to this. Don't listen. <laughs> Pretty sure it was Valentine's Day. And so we tell her we're having a Valentine's Day party. There's like one other person there. But she comes over and she comes in and she's just this beautiful Colombian woman. And so uh, she told me it was love at first sight. No way. She locked eyes. Locked eyes. Ah. Yep. And so um, we hung out a little bit. I was super impressed. And then um, we invited her to church the next day. My friend gracefully bowed out. And then I just went with her. No way. So yeah, first date, church. Second date, Target. We went to Target afterwards. No way. Yeah. Yeah, got some Starbucks and walked around. It was a Target with a Starbucks. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and then the rest is history. Yeah, so I found my wife in a Facebook catalog. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Yeah, you guys had a fun wedding. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Eight years ago, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I did the best man speech, and I, I don't I was, Crushed it was it. bad. No, it was <laughs> awful. I remember, like, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, like, why did I say that? Well. What? Yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah. We got to find someone that recorded it. Yeah, I don't know if it was. I hope it wasn't. <laughs> it was just like, Eric's a great guy. He's strong and beautiful. <laughs> They're going to be so happy. Like an ash tree. Yeah, like an ash tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go I'm back and do some research about what wood species I would be. Yeah, you got to think about that. You never know what interview you've come I up in. those questions. It's like, a, I think, amazingly, being a psychology major, I'm horrible at anything that has to do with psychology. Yeah. I think. I'm so good at coming up with BS on the fly. That's like the sales in me. I believe that. It's just like rolling with it. And so when that came through, I threw out like the, it's like a decoy. Oh. So I could like figure out what I was going to say and then came in with like something that was a little bit more profound. But it's like, oh, he's got a good answer. Oh, he's got a great answer. I just but, overthink it. Like, yeah. If you ask the question, I got to think about it for a while. First thing that comes to your heart in your mind, you say that. And then the second thing comes, you're like, you know, if it's better, go with that. You do that in marriage? Um, a lot of times I'll just say whatever. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, like, um, I really, I call it timid intuition. If that makes sense. <laughs> women have a book about this. Women have women intuition. I have Tim and truths too. So I have Tim and intuition and Tim and truths. So those are kind of two things that like guide my life. Tim and truths is a lie. That's 70% true. And I can BS my way through most stuff with that. Okay. You know, I'll tell you a little bit so you know enough, but then I exaggerate the rest and it makes it sound so much better. That's a Tim and truth, you know? Um, and then a Tim, intu- Tim and intuition is like my gut feeling on things. And so I actually use that a lot for things. And it's usually not wrong. Like the first thought that pops up into the like creative part of my brain, I'm like, that's usually why it pop up there. And let's, let's follow that for a little bit. Yeah. And so I heard I like someone, it. I heard someone say one time that the box where God speaks is right next to your creative box. And so a lot of times you may think it's like just your imagination, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's actually God speaking to you. And so I've kind of like honed in on that. Yeah, I'm not, God doesn't, it's not like I hear a lot of stuff. It doesn't mean it's always clear. Then that's actually God, but you got to test it. Yeah. Throw it and see if it sticks to the wall. But yeah, that's my timid intuition. That could be why it's so hard to, to differentiate between those. Like, yeah. um, am I making this up or is this actually God leading me? 
Yeah. yeah. And you, um, you will realize if God's leading you later. So after you've walked down that path and you look back, you're like, oh, yeah, that was God there. That's where I see God in my life a lot is looking back. I'm like, how did I get to here, 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 and here? Oh, that was only God. Yeah. There's no possible way it was something else. But, um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you follow it and you realize that you're wrong, and that's okay. Like, you've got to be able to understand that, too. And no mistake is permanent. That's another thing I've really realized is, like, a lot of times I'm like, if I make this decision, I'm screwed for the rest of my life. And that's not true. That's like you get locked into that and you get real caught up into that. There's times like you make mistakes. That's, that's the life. That's being a human. Yeah. You know, so yeah, both be okay with be making mistakes and also follow after someone and see if it sticks. And that's the balance of my life in a way. <laughs> Tim and intuition. Tim and intuition. I should write a trademark. Trademark it right now. Um, I'll say this one time. This is, I remember this super young. I was at a Chinese restaurant and I, wa- I watched this kid walk in um, and, and is just my age. I was probably like 12, white kid. Okay. Walks in. I see him and I'm like, I do not like that kid. I didn't know why I didn't like that kid. I didn't understand what was it. I just, initial thing was like, I don't like that kid. Yeah. And so I say that because I want to, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a race thing. It was like this kid, for some reason, I don't like. And then um, later on, I see him, and uh, he, at the end, as he's leaving, grabs, like, one of the bowls. That's, like, this, like, cup bowl thing. Sticks in the back of his pants and then walks out. So he's stealing silverware from the Chinese place. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's the Chinese place. But initially, I'm like, oh. Like, I, I felt that when he walked in. Yeah. I knew he was like, I just like, I don't like that kid. I don't know why. I'm like, I should, I'm a Christian. I should like everyone. Da, 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 da. And then I see him steal. I'm like, yeah, that's why I didn't like him. Now it makes sense, mm-hmm. you know? And so you gotta, you gotta walk through that a little bit. To, that's an early Tim and intuition Trace feeling. Trace down where that kid is now. I know. See, jail. He's definitely in jail. Stealing Chinese silver. He was the guy in front of our, where we were the eating. <laughs> he was the guy that was uh, oh, in man. front of our uh, restaurant today where I was smoking fake weed and screaming at the birds. It might be him. Yeah, it's 100% him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's John, dude. It's Paul. That's him. Paul. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> so anyways. Yeah, that's the Tim into it. It's wrong. It's right. It's everything in between. So it's cool. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot going on there. But like as yeah. far as like, yeah, I mean, how your parents raise you creates a lot of your intuition. You got yeah. good parents. So you got yeah. some good common sense built in. Um, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. And when you grow up around what is uh, healthy, I think unhealthy stands out. Yeah. 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 You see it. Uh, yeah. The base level before it, it shows itself. Maybe that's the Tim and intuition. I think so. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. I think there is. Um, I met a wizard on top of a mountain yeah. one time. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you find a wizard on top of a mountain? Well, gotta on go top to, of a mountain. Yeah. He's in New Hampshire. So, oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that he told me, and this was, oh, it just sticks in my brain. He's like, uh, Tim, you have a lot of wisdom, but it's not you. It was never you. 
That's so. pretty deep for a wizard that's yeah. on top of a mountain. Bro, he, yeah, he's a very spiritual wizard. Yeah. I think we try to attribute a lot of stuff mm-hmm. about us to ourselves. Mm-hmm. and Some of it's not. Not very much of it. Yeah, we, we're given gifts. Yeah. I mean, everyone's unique. Everyone we don't choose it. our parents. We don't choose where we live. Right. Yeah. We don't choose our DNA. Yeah. They're just given to us. And then we're here podcasting. Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I keep on going back and forth if aliens are real or not. Part of me thinks that they are, and then part of me is like, I don't think they are. I think it may be government trying to do stuff. What do you think about the Space Force? Space Force? Mm-hmm. I wish I was in the Space Force. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I like my job, but um, they're too smart for me. Really? Space Force? You got to have a Space Force, right? There's space. Yeah. Someone's yeah. got to be in charge. It's fascinating that we didn't have that until a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, was it to me? It looked like they took a lot of what the Air Force was doing, yeah, and rolled it into its own thing. Yeah, is that kind of? I'm what pretty happened? sure that's what it is. Yeah, there's a decent amount of jobs that already existed. Um, they just made a separate branch. Yeah, and focus on that. That way, they can focus on that area. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, so, but where does the air and where does the space start? That's a good question. It's a question for the Space Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone was telling me that, I mean, we went to the moon in the 60s, but we've not been to the moon since then. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if that's true or not, but I was like, that's really interesting. If we. Yeah, I think people haven't been back on the moon. Like, we sent yeah. robots and stuff. Yeah. People haven't been back on. I think. Yeah. Did we even send robots? I don't know. We have now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure telling, we sent I think it's stuff. on the last podcast. I don't know if we said it on the podcast I was with. I was talking to my old co worker, great guy, Danny, and he's into a lot of conspiracies. And um, I think it was on the podcast, maybe not, but he was saying that um, we may have lost the technology to send people to space, and that's why we haven't sent anyone to the moon, and we can't do it again. That's a good question. What's his name? Yeah, Danny. Danny? Yeah. I'm was, pretty sure the technology we used was not very advanced. No, like, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. to be shot to the moon in the 1960s was yeah. super shady. Like, <laughs> yeah. they didn't even have, I think yeah. our smartphone, I guess, has way more way technology more than... The so did we actually send people to the moon? That's the other question. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we uh, I think so. found some crazy dude that's like, hey, we'll put you on top of this giant pile of explosive fuel. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll do some math and point it at the moon <laughs> and just go Good for luck. it. luck. Yeah. Have yeah. fun. He comes back and now he's what Neil Armstrong runs around in diapers screaming. I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff. No. Yeah. They, the, yeah. Anyways, look into some of that. I'm about to look that up. Yeah, it gets a little wild in the. Yeah, it gets a little kooky after. I'm guessing. So I've heard as pilots, you're in these aircraft that have just tons of radar and radiation, and it's actually like a, it's a super dangerous job. Besides getting shot at or whatever. Yeah. But you're just around all this equipment that is just tearing apart your body. Wow. Yeah. Do, like ripping it apart. Yeah. Yeah. And just the G force, right? You got yeah. G forces are hard on you. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what that is doing. I mean, we talked about concussions, not on the podcast, but prior to this. We're not much of a G-force is like a mild concussion that you're doing for a long time in like a place that's not. What about jet lag, dude? Jet lag's weird too. Sometimes I'm like thinking about uh, your body is feeling the fact that you time traveled. Like you wouldn't have jet lag if you were to walk from one place to another. Like if I was to walk yeah. from here to Australia, yeah. which you can't, right? It's There's water. I understand that. But if I was to travel by foot from one place, I wouldn't have jet lag. But for me to fly, when I landed in Australia, which I did back in 2000, 
16, I went and visited Australia. It was weird. I felt my body just like, what is going on? Who, mm-hmm. what, blah, blah, blah. I was just, I was like, it was weird. And then I got reacclimated. And part of me, I wonder, I mean, it's the time zone, but the other part of me is like, I'm traveling through the air for 17 hours before I land. Like, mm-hmm. what is that doing to my body? You know? So. Do the same thing, but to the moon. Yeah. Where there is no. Yeah. I don't know. Is there like a day and night rhythm? There? I have no clue. I'm pretty sure if you just sit on one side of the moon, it's always day, right? Yeah. Uh, one f- side of the moon faces us at all times. Yeah. That's why they call it the dark side oh, of the moon. Yeah. And then we literally. The moon disappears the, occasionally. So. It does. But the, the, the back side of the moon, the way that it orbits, I don't think that ever looks at Earth. The front light. side is always what we see when we look up. It's the one face of the moon. Yeah. I remember reading about that. I was like, that's fascinating. Oh, but then because it still orbits the sun, it should still have a night and day cycle. Maybe. Yeah. Huh? Possibly. But this from the how, earth, we only see the front side ever. That's how you look really dumb. You get on a podcast and you talk yeah. about something ah, you don't know about. Like a, I have 522 episodes of me looking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the moon has a night and day cycle. Yeah, I have no clue. I don't know. I have no that's clue. That's what Google's for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It might have. I have no clue. Yeah, Google. Do I trust that at all? No. Is the earth flat? It's fake news. Me? Do I think that? Um, I don't know. I've, I've been trying to figure out if the earth's hollow. That's the one I've been trying to think about. Earth flat? I could maybe, but I don't think so. But I don't know. <laughs> You're trying not to like. I've looked at some make of the your arguments. listener base angry. Now nah, I've looked at some of the arguments and it doesn't make total sense to me. But um, there's enough stuff there that's fun to look at. There's cool stuff. They also found out there's, I guess, recently found out there's a bunch of water stored in the rock that's deeper. Oh, really? There's a lot more water than we thought, which is good because I guess we thought we were gonna run out. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about science. I remember reading back probably three or four years ago, they were talking about the scientists um, found out that they only realized that they had, um, they only knew about 10% of the ocean life in the ocean. So they thought that the world had this amount of fish. Mm -hmm. They're like, this is the only amount of fish that the world has. And then they discovered that that was only their idea of what the world had fish wise was only 10% of the actual amount. Yeah. We but have then, explored most of the ocean. Yeah. I'm like, well, sense. how do you know if that's real or not? Maybe it's only 1% or a point of a percent, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, yeah, science they're discovering. It's great to go discover that stuff, but they, they don't know. Why am I putting my trust in them? Got to put my trust in Tim and intuition. Tim and intuition. <laughs> it keeps working for me, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's wild. Yeah, hollow Earth is interesting too. Like we've only drilled a mile or two and that's down. Crazy. We haven't even got super far down there. That's fun. There could be aliens down there. I think yeah, or giants. That's the thing I've been looking at. Giants that are in these caverns that pop up every once in a while, fifteen feet tall. One of the things that was uh, that I heard recently. Again, this is all just uh, this would be a timid, timid truth. So it's. 70% true, 30% me just making up more additional fact, but it's fun. Okay. So, um, a lot of ancient religions would lo- would uh, say that their gods are 15 feet tall. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the average 
height of most of their gods. And so when I was look, looking at that og bed that I was telling you yep. about, the where it's 15 feet tall, it's based in Deuteronomy. It was just really fascinating that a lot of their additional gods outside of that were like that tall. 15 feet it. Yeah, 15 feet set. So I don't know. That's a weird. I feel like, yeah, they might be aliens, you know, 15 feet tall people. Where'd they go? They just weren't appreciated. They died in the flood, bro, and they got sent down to the underworld where they are now in the tunnels in the hollows of the earth. (laughs) Was that the 30%? That's the 30% right there. That was more like 70% BS right there. Pulled that out of nowhere. I like that. That's a a decent explanation. (laughs) If you ignore some other things. Some other things, yeah. You can make it work. (laughs) Massage it or whatnot. It's fun to it's fun to figure all that stuff. That's the the thing about COVID too. It's been interesting with a lot of the COVID stuff is like what was being told to us and then what's come out has been different. Mm. And it's like I think that's been the case for most history is people are pushing a narrative. Doesn't mean it's the right narrative. And then now I can now question a lot of the narratives that I grew up thinking. Yeah. And um I enjoy that. Little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. And it'll probably drive me crazy. Uh, but it's also fun to like think about those things and like, all right, what is actually happening over here? Yeah. What's going on? I think I was talking to someone the other day. It's, is it better to be blissfully unaware of what's going on or try to understand what's going on? Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a third option, you know, this is like blissfully unaware of everything that's going on (laughs) but you're aware of everything too (laughs) yeah blissfully aware of everything going on there we go yeah fully aware yeah i I like it yeah um okay i do have one more question and then we can wrap up with that school uh with the military have you felt like there's like a like a sense of camaraderie because you've gone through this hard thing with a lot of other people um like a brotherhood i just hear that a lot yeah, I would say, so Air Force is, at least my experience so far in the Air Force, is quite a bit different than Marines or Army or Navy. Um, so, like, Air Force doesn't see a lot of combat. Mm-hmm. So I think a decent amount of the camaraderie probably comes from deploying, being in a combat environment. Um, but yeah, I think you do grow very close friendships where you very quickly have to trust the person next to you. It doesn't matter what race or religion or whether you think they're a jerk or, or you think they're an idiot. Yeah. Um, you still have to work together to get it done. So I think that builds some camaraderie. Mm. Um, and I would say going through sucky things definitely builds camaraderie together. Yeah. That's why marriage is so great. <laughs> camaraderie. Yeah. Um, but um, I would also say though, like like I said, in my experience, there's the military is huge. There's yeah. thousands of different jobs, hundreds of different bases. Um, it seems like it's a camaraderie that's also somewhat shallow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of instant, but can also be shallow as far as like, um, I don't know, not always digging into those deep things. Um, yeah. What's, what are you really feeling? What's the stuff that's going on in your life? Like that, that type of level, it's more of like you're part of the group but it's not like you really know what's going on yeah internally maybe. And i say that at the same time i think that's just human nature that i don't know if that's i also had met awesome people that are like just willing to 
and to be there at a moment's notice mm. all the time. That's cool. Whatever you need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you suggest that uh, anyone join the military? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, After going through it, at someone at 31, right? Mm-hmm. And I've spent five years in it. Yeah. I think I learned a lot for sure. It's definitely a whole different part of the world that I wanted to experience and learn about. Um, should you, it really depends on your personal goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm bad at interview questions. Like, you know, it depends. It always depends. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think if you're trying to figure out what you'd want to do with your life, it could be a good option. Yeah. I think it really does teach you, you lose control for sure. They are in control of your life. Um, you can't quit or it's really hard to quit. Yeah. Um, you make a commitment and you have to finish that commitment and you have to do what they ask you to do as long as it's not illegal. Yeah. So, so you're in it, <clears throat> but then also you're doing cool things. Like you're about to go and travel the world. Yeah. Right. So you do get to do some really cool stuff. Yeah. Cool yeah. training. Adventurous in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting and hands on and yeah. Not everybody likes that though. It's funny. Some people, like when we went to Kabul, some people hated it. Some people loved it. Hmm. Some people loved sleeping out on the ground, getting rocketed. And some people were <laughs> terrified and it was the worst experience of their life. Yeah. Yeah. What Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Full nice rest. I can sleep all night long. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, <clears throat> where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you, whether it's one village or just plug your stuff? Yeah. Um, I started a blog trying to practice what I preach. preach. Uh, it's ericscott.com. We are just, or I'm just blogging about what my family's up to, um, trying to start a discussion about the church and missions and what we're doing, uh, how we can do it better. Yeah. So I'd say that's the main place. Cool. Yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah. And if you're a nonprofit, um, reach out to you there or would it be... Do you have any other places that they connect? Um, Let's say I'm a missionary and I would like help funding, fundraising, things like that. Yeah. Shoot me an email. Eric at onevillagegroup.org. Cool. Yeah. Eric with a K. We we made a website, yeah. which onevillagegroup.org. I'm not super excited about it yet. We got to go back and do a better job. So I'm not impressed by our website. That's okay. It's a learning process. Yeah. I'm yeah. embarrassed by our website. <laughs> But we can make better websites for other people. Right. That is painter's house so it never gets painted. You know yeah. I mean? That's a that's the hard part. I we keep on making them for other people and we'll get to ours eventually. Yeah. So it's ericscott.com. Yep. Eric with a K. Oh yeah. Uh, My name's with a K. Yeah. The better way to spell it. Yeah. It's a, it's the real way to spell it. And then Eric at onevillage.com. Onevillagegroup.org. Onevillagegroup.org. Okay. So I'll try post- to make it long as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've got good a, branding, right? Exactly. Hey, if they really want it, they'll get it. I'll put the the links to your email and your website in the okay. show notes below uh, this episode for listeners. You can go and check them out. Um, if you've enjoyed this, reach out to Eric and let him know he's doing a great job. And Eric, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks this for having fun. me. Yeah, a lot of fun. first podcast, right? Yeah, first time. Oh boy, I'm so sorry. In Goshen, Pull, I pulled you right into the in Goshen, but deep end on this podcast. Yep, <laughs> going to the crazy stuff. It's good, you know, pyramids, yeah. aliens. Yeah, dude, pyramids are wild. 
All right, folks, we'll catch you on the next Timmons podcast. Peace. Peace. Thank you.